The individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe it exists. In today's show, we will talk about organized stalking. How widespread is it? That is the focus of this edition of Expressions. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Expressions. I'm your host, Sierra Tavares-Reyes. In today's topic, we will explore organized stalking and how widespread it really is. There have been books, articles, blogs, commentary, YouTube videos, etc., detailing what victims call gang stalking and organized stalking methods and techniques. To my knowledge, there has not been any attempt to quantify organized stalking in the U.S. in terms of the total number of participants. By participants, I mean gang stalking victims, members of organized stalking groups, flash mobs involved in community mobbing of gang stalking victims, and persons and entities who play a peripheral role in related workplace mobbing and systematic isolation of the gang-stalking target. Once caught in the web of the gang-stalking program, a target is subject to a full court press that invades every aspect of their life. And it's calculated to destroy that person. The process is highly formulaic, programmatic, systematic, and systemic. Key to the destruction of a gang-stalking target is a full penetration and infiltration of their environs, including their constant surveillance and harassment in their home, workplace, school, mobbing of the target, and the target's isolation from friends and family members. This is done in a highly formulaic, programmatic, systematic, and systemic manner. The starting point is the assessment of the number of victims of the gang stalking program. The number of targeted individuals is probably over 1 million. The Department of Justice stalking report of 2006 reported 3.4 million stalking victims. It also left out almost 2.2 million harassment victims because they did not subjectively fear for their lives. 18% of victims reported being stalked by two or more perps from both the stalking and harassment target groups. This means, based on a conservative estimate, over 1 million Americans are being gang stalked since targets uniformly report 
24-7, 365 surveillance and harassment, both at home, work, in the community. This requires four full-time jobs to accomplish for every target, given that there are 168 hours in a week. Given this intensity of resources, only free labor can explain this ongoing operation. The pool of free labor available for these activities would be by the 5.1 million Americans that are under some form of community supervision, probation, parole, etc. This is clearly a government program that could not be run without snitches. That 5.1 million figure is about five times the size of a full-time police on the state and federal level. Five is also the number of snitches that each FBI agent and police detective are told to have as a minimum, according to sources, including former career FBI agent turned whistleblower Wes Swearingen. Swearingen wrote FBI Secrets in 1994. We have it on the authority of a licensed private investigator from Virginia with a government background that about one in eight houses are being used as listening posts targeting gang-stalking targets. Extensive use of unpaid informants by local police is being used to monitor targets in real time, just as targets email and social media are read in real time as well. We have spoken to a psychiatric nurse about the harm caused by the years of this targeting. Complex post-traumatic stress disorder is universal in targets. Parts of the brain are irreparably damaged, including a shrinking of the hippocampus, causing acute short-term memory, impairment, and longer-term risk of early dementia. Recent revelations show almost 300,000 Americans with no known affiliation to any terrorist group have been put on the terrorist watch list. This is 40% of the entire terrorist watch list. Coincidence? We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Threat assessment professionals and fusion centers play a large role in organizing the gang stalking program. Offensive use of threat assessment under the guise of prevention of violence is used to single out potential lone wolves and has obviously achieved the provocation of many murders and suicides. Social media is currently being used to target individuals for their opinions, 
setting them up for red flagging, invidious discrimination, and even state-sanctioned staged murder. Population Surveillance and Threat Level Assessment in Fresno, California On 57 monitors that covered the walls of the center, operators zoomed and panned an array of roughly 200 police cameras perched across the city. They could dial up 800 more feeds from the city's school and traffic cameras, and they soon hoped to add 400 more streams from cameras worn on officers' bodies and from thousands from local businesses that have surveillance systems. As officers respond to calls, beware, it automatically runs the address. The searches return the names of residents and scans them against a range of publicly available data to generate a color-coded threat level for each person or address, green, yellow, or red. Exactly how Beware calculates threat scores is something that its maker, Entrado, a private corporation, considers a trade secret, so it is unclear how much weight is given to a misdemeanor, felony, or threatening comment on Facebook. However, the program flags issues and provides a report to the user. The gang-stalking group members are drawn heavily from the penal system under the guidance of the Department of Homeland Security. It is important to note that the 1 million to 2 million estimate of gang-stalking group members is an estimate of the people coordinating the illegal surveillance and harassment against targets as part of a territorial, hierarchical group with a defined membership. This estimate does not include non-members who are loosely affiliated and join in on the gang-stalking activities such as flash mobbing and street theater on a semi-permanent or ad hoc basis. These semi-permanent members range from neighbors and community groups coerced or misled by a slander campaign against the gang-stalking target into participation in the program to vagrant types given a few bucks to participate. Most of the storefront businesses, community groups, and many of the neighbors involved in the program are not members of gang-stalking groups, but will harass and mistreat the gang-stalking target because of coercion used against them by the gang-stalking groups or because they buy into slander. They buy into the slander campaign vilifying the program and believe that the target is as deserving of such treatment. Gang-stalking program targets represent a fraction of a percent of the communities they live in. The neighbors, storefront businesses, community groups, coerced and or misled into the involvement in the gang-stalking program nationwide represent additional millions of participants in the program. In order to destroy the target, an infiltration of every aspect of the target's life is performed. This means that not only 
are neighbors and neighborhood businesses recruited to participate, but that employers, friends, family members are turned against the target. This involves workplace mobbing at each workplace. The program The Target works. This also means that friends, associates, co-workers, and blood relatives are subject to coercion and slander campaigns against the target. This requires the program to reach dozens of individuals per target. Most of the above-mentioned categories of people to with neighbors, neighborhood groups, businesses, employers, friends, relatives, etc. are not gang-stalking group members. Rather, these participants who are far more numerous than the 1 to 2 million gang-stalking group members nationwide participate in the program because they are either coerced and or misled by slander campaigns against the program target. Gang-stalking victims quickly realize that friends, co-workers, and even inmates are really frenemies looking to undermine them. Some of these frenemies are emotionally unstable, psychologically draining individuals with dysthymic disorder. More importantly, some of these frenemies are likely to have been placed on the gang-stalking victim list even before the active phase of gang-stalking actually began. These frenemies are chosen because they are psychologically weak and some digging will reveal other questionable relationships in which these same frenemy tools have been placed on other gang-stalking victims. This happens to mirror the law enforcement practice of placing a bad jacket on a mark. Certain employers are gang-stalking mills, intentionally hiring program targets for workplace mobbing and constructive termination because their owners are particularly vulnerable to blackmail and other coercive tactics. We will be right back after this break. Another trick right out of the FBI's COINTELPRO trick book is surrounding the targeted individual with loud, hostile, criminal, and harassing neighbors. Keep in mind that this requires a large degree of government finance, like Section 8, as well as government planning. The neighbors will appear to be random, normal neighborhood people, but nothing could be further from the truth. The neighbors surrounding a target will be under police control or indirect police control through the, the neighborhood watch itself, perverted into a criminal harassment network. 
the target will deal with problem neighbors for months or even years before either the target leaves or the problem neighbor removes themselves from the game by the commission of crimes, CPS, taking their kids, etc. Remember, this neighbor or family was there because the police had some control or leverage on them. Like cooperating informants, families with CPS issues. Most gang stalkers are being coerced themselves into continuing this toxic behavior. They are gang stalking targets. This is similar a Podikim village in the sense that it is a highly coordinated and staged environment that seems to be a natural environment. It may take years for a target to figure out that once a problem neighbor or family is forced out of his, his or her home or their unit, another seemingly innocuous police-controlled apartment unit or house will become disruptive and harassing toward the target. The system is so efficient and coordinated that often the resources to gangstalk the target are there for the police to activate like a sleeper cell. Think of it as musical chairs using different neighbors already compromised so that they have to do their gangstalking job for the police, a job that leads to violence, murder, and in some cases, mass shootings. All gang stalking targets experience an updated and refined version of McCarthy era blacklisting. This involves being hired, then soon after being subject to a hostile work environment, resulting in actual or constructive termination. Because of the sheer number of employers involved in this nefarious practice against gang-stalking targets, as well as the fact that employers ranging from small businesses to large multinationals are involved, this neo-blacklisting can only be orchestrated by the FBI, as well as a case with McCarthyism. Unlike McCarthyism, neo-blacklisting, with its use of hostile work environment, leading to an actual or constructive termination is not subject to the interference that a blacklisted target is being subject to defamation leading to unemployability because they indeed hired then promptly set up for failure. Gang stalking targets, employment problems start as the same time as their gang stalking starts. Most gang-stalking targets, similar to victims of workplace mobbing, are actually better than their average workers in their occupations. All gang-stalking targets experience workplace mobbing and academic mobbing. Community-based policing, similar to gang-stalking, is today and has been for decades. The goal is societal control. In the U.S., the use of growing percentage of the population in national neighborhood watch programs has been instrumental in building a Stasi-like citizen spy network. 
every neighborhood watch has full community and government participation. In every neighborhood nationwide, there is a watch program with a police liaison, block captain, tract coordinator, recruited neighbors observing and reporting suspicious activities, and involvement by emergency services and other governmental agencies. These are the very people conducting the gang stalking nationwide against innocent targets. In other words, taxpayer money is being used to identify and neutralize targeted individuals with methods developed in the FBI's COINTELPRO program to neutralize innocent citizens via police-trained, heavily funded, controlled, and directed vigilante stalking groups. We'll be right back after this. What is also common about all community policing models, including gang stalking in America, is that only the government has the money to fund them. Neighbors moving into housing units surrounding a program target, gang stalking perps with no jobs or means driving around in new model trucks. Gang stalking is not only happening in big cities but rural areas as well, and every demographic in between. One can find reports of it happening in every state, every county, every city, and almost every town in America and beyond. We are talking about billions of dollars in funding here. All segments of the social order are co-opted into the program. Targets will experience harassment, such as street theater and mobbing by vagrants, others on the welfare, welfare rolls, city workers, etc. The total societal penetration reaches into the doctor's offices, employers, neighbors, etc. right out of the former Eastern Bloc playbook. Some have argued that narcotics and other rackets fund gang stalking, which unlike every other racket has no self-funding mechanism. The problem with this explanation is that because of the criminal defense, legal fees, civil forfeiture, mandatory victim compensation laws, etc., it is increasingly the case that racketeering wealth is less likely to be passed on generational, generationally than it is to be confiscated and appropriated by the state. Gang stalking groups have substantially identical modus operandi to the FBI's Special Surveillance Groups, or SSGs. These SSGs 
were developed in the 1970s to combat Soviet espionage. Today, these tactics have been taught to criminals through FBI channels for domestic COINTELPRO operations against American citizens. Anyone familiar with gang stalking will immediately understand the striking similarity by reviewing this. The FBI can orchestrate gang stalking with little or no overt presence. This was how COINTELPRO was designed. Through infiltration and the cultivation of snitches, the FBI ferments division within targeted groups such as organized crime. The desired result is increasing the factionalizing or splitting within the targeted groups and between targeted groups resulting in the self-destruction and mutual destruction of FBI targeted groups. This is achieved with little or no traces of direct FBI activity within these groups. Essentially, the most effective thing about COINTELPRO is psychological manipulation of the targeted group's members. In the case of generational victims, entire families are targeted by the program for multiple generations. A key to understanding this is comprehending that systematic and extreme coercion will be used against both members of the nuclear and extended targeted family. Machiavellian splitting techniques as well as organized crime style coercion methods will be used to divide and destroy the targeted family. Once the program introduces organized crime style techniques of daisy chain coercion against individual family members, every aspect of family loyalty and fealty is destroyed. It is important to note that only a minority of these targeted family members will experience full-blown gang stalking, street theater, flash mobbing, slander campaigns, intimate infiltration, mobbing, employment sabotage, and 24-7, 365 surveillance and harassment. During this preconditioning phase, the prospect future gang stalking victim is exposed to public rudeness, rudeness by employers, etc. to start breaking them down psychologically. The methods used during preconditioning to gang stalking are similar to predatory methods of ritual cult abuse and MK Ultra type abuse. Generational victims, family members, would all undergo the preconditioning phase of gang stalking while only a min minority of family members will proceed to full-blown gang stalking. Ironically, the resilient anti-authoritarian types will be of greater risk of becoming full-blown gang stalking victims. The personalities of prospective gang stalking victims will be heavily profiled and any exploitable weakness duly noted during the preconditioning phase. We'll be right back after this. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me fighter. 
organized stalking should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Just remember, you all have rights. It doesn't matter what country you live in. It does not matter what city you live in. It does not matter if you live in a rural area. As long as you stand with me, I will continue to stand with you to fight this evil, silent Holocaust. And remember, the clock is running out on those who participated in this. Karma, with a capital K, has a special place for you. The Expressions Podcast has been brought to you by Anchor. I want to thank you all for listening. Like what you just heard? Then please make a small donation to sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash Sierra Tavares Reyes. Thank you.